step into the mic today. You know the family. Chris Miles here with you. Monica McNutt, Dino Campbell, TJ. Uh, fellas, it's been an eventful last month or so in the District of Champions, but especially for the Washington football team. I mean, first and foremost, though, before we get into football talk, happy holidays to you and yours. Happy holidays to you as well. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, running a page on 2020, y'all. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2021 is going to be so much better as we see the way that 2020 is ending in sports around here. I mean, it, there's room for optimism. Obviously, we know what Dwayne Haskins, uh, what he's been, how he's been having a Merry Christmas in the sense of uh, where he's been in a dope <laughs> establishment. I mean, this guy, look, I'm, I'm going to just say this, right? Uh, you know, I take calls on Dwayne Haskins for like three hours on the radio in D.C., and there's this split of you hear the brothers wanting to cape for him. You know what I mean? Like we're all like, hey, he kind of deserves a shot. And then when the strip club incident happened, we all had to back out. man. We're like, you know what? Y'all right. <laughs> we we can't be having we can't be having this dude's back, man. No mask on. His mask was, you know, in the establishment, his face. I mean, Dino, let's start with you. You're a football guy. Man. How big are your quarterback? When your quarterback is doing that, after taking that L, after playing like trash, after sounding like his confidence was shook before he got in the game, uh, I, I mean, it, it just seemed like he didn't care. That's how that came across. Well, you know he does care, but it seemed like he didn't care. Well, here's the thing, and I may be biased, but – there isn't a team sport that's out there where there's a position that's more important than the quarterback position. I mean, he handles the freaking football every single snap. His decision-making is involved in every single play. He cannot afford to make mistakes in, in terms of, uh, uh, of confidence, in terms of making good decisions and or bad decisions. And so now you lose a football game, you end up at potentially at the strip club. Now he's saying this is his, his girl's birthday party, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody really cares. I mean, nobody really cares. Who can care that that's, that that's your excuse? Wait, you are it, the quarterback. Hold on, hold on. I didn't hear that part. It's his girlfriend's birthday party with another woman's that's that's in his face. Wait a yeah, minute, hold on, hold on, time out. And that girlfriend, it was supposedly his homegirl. And you know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> but hey, let's let well, however you want to put it. The Joker was way in the wrong. Now, look, I had a quarterback years ago. Um, this is diversion, but it's a good story. So my man, he is he shows up late to our walkthrough. All right, so we're getting ready to go play you know, a high school game, not an NFL game. He shows up late through the walk to the walkthrough. Doesn't have any real excuse for why he's late. He's the quarterback. Now, he's a gym rat. He's a great leader of the football team. He actually played on a basketball team, team too, TJ. I won't mention any names. Come to find out, my man was at the local high school field playing pickup football, being the quarterback on a pickup football team before our game. At least the Joker had his mind right. He was thinking about football. He was playing football. He showed up a little bit late. My man is at the strip club with homegirls, boyfriends, friends, daddy, or whatever the hell it was. There's, there's no way in God's creation that cat should get the benefit of the doubt about anything at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I, as if me as a football coach, if there was anybody else on in the building that could take a snap, 
if it was a coach that I had to pull out of coaching to put in his spot, he would never get on the football field again. That's just me. But I'm one of them old school hardline guys. So that's that's my take on it. I'm sorry. This is an immaturity issue. You know, the kid is not thinking like I want to be the face of a program. You know, when you got benched, he, he realizes that they're, they're down to me and, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. You know, who else, who else are they going to put in? You know, but look, kid, I mean, and I say that literally, kid, you know, you need to make more mature decisions. You lost your spot. You were demoted down to the third uh, third string quarterback. You got an, another chance to come out and shine. And, 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 and I guess not necessarily in defense of him. He didn't have a great game last time out, but it was, it was respectable. At no. least trying to not, well, I mean, you'll he's been by Suda, bro. He's been absolutely <laughs> he, 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 he made some, mis- he made, he made mistakes, but this is a kid who should have definitely been sitting down a whole lot more. But at the end of the day, to, to, to add injury to insult with these turnovers, to add injury to insult with making bad decisions on the field, you come off the field and do some of the things that you did. I mean, come on, man. I mean, no. it, it didn't potentially put other people in jeopardy. It, it, it makes no sense at all. I, I don't know no. why this Washington football team would have would, that would have him a part of their program moving forward after this season. Monica, here's what here's what I gotta ask you. Do you think strip clubs are for winners? Meaning you got to at least play well or win the game, right? You can't be there after you lost and your whole career is in jeopardy. Am I tripping? Strip clubs are indeed for winners. In fact, my first text in my group chat as this news hit was at least James Harden is a prolific scorer and a guy that plays really well. Like, at least that's the cash <laughs> that he gets. So uh, it's funny because you think about the arc of this and I think about the question marks that surrounded this young man when he was drafted and the body of work that was absent. What did he play, seven games at Ohio State that year? Or, you know, total or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um he really, and it continues to show itself, has an inflated sense of his value. Um, and it's painful. I'm with you, Chris. Like, I, when Ron made the decision to go to Kyle or Alex or whatever the decision was this year, I bristled at that because, you know, we're from the Washington, D.C. area, once upon a time, Chocolate City, and we are inclined, not just as Black folks, but I think this area is willing to get behind a Black quarterback. And so you see this hope. You see this glimpse. And for Ron to squash that light so quickly... But now I get it. I totally get it. Hey, Monica, the, the little respect of going through on Dwayne Haskins' name. In the one season he played at Ohio State, he set the all-time touchdown and I believe passing yards in a single season record, which is that's a pretty good record, but it's not the all-time sacks record or the, the most sacks in the season that <laughs> young Chase, Chase Young, super duper star. Uh, what he's been doing, TJ, you had something you want to say about Chase because we, we can do 15,100 million podcasts on Chase Young. <laughs> but I, I know there's something in particular you want to talk about this remarkable young man. And shout out to him to giving the entire team beats headphones, not just the D-line, not just the defense, but the entire team. It's first time I ever wished I was a member of the Washington football team. <laughs> like, yo, just, just for Christmas, Chase Young. But TJ, uh, what you got on young Chase? It's the tale of two uh, two different stories here, right? We just talk about immaturity versus maturity. This kid comes out hailing from the Mecca, the Bath Catholic High School, 
and we all know what it is, hanging banners every year. And this kid comes out of a, a stellar career at Ohio State, Ohio State, and then hits the NFL, hits the Washington football team, and easily becomes, in my opinion, I'll say it again, Chris Miles, the best player in the NFC East. Hands down, forget Saquon Barkley. He hasn't shown up yet. Brother is not healthy, unfortunately. Watch my man work over the next career. And let's, you and I can sit here right now, right here today, mark it down, January 26th, and we'll look at the trajectory of their careers and see who ends up being the more Hall of Fame player. Are you willing to step out there with that? First of all, you got to get the month right, okay? You said January 26th. Oh, sorry. It's right. December 26th. So, no, no editing that out, right? You're going to come for the <laughs> That's kid. That's fine. I'm taking forward. I'm already turning the page. Like Monica Menut said, I'm turning the page to 2021. <laughs> Look, I, here's what I will say, because I'm not going to sit here in front like I wasn't a skeptic uh, of how great Chase Young could be. I was like, oh, they got the second overall pick, but he's a D lineman. They're strong on a D line. Why don't they trade that and go get Henry Ruggs and an offensive lineman, trade back in the draft and be good? Well, that was wrong. Okay. So look, Saquon Barkley has proven for a couple of years that he's an elite talent, and Chase Young is doing that this year. I wish him health. But to be in that same sentence that you're trying to figure out who's the best uh, player in the NFC least. And it's probably between Chase Young and, and a healthy Saquon Barkley. I don't, I can't think of another player I would put in that conversation unless Jalen Hurts finishes the year like he did. You know, he's had the one game. Well, at uh, one point, at one point in time, I'm sorry, Coach. One yeah. point in time, you might have consider, considered Dak, depending on how he had played, or Zeke had he lived up to expectations. But neither, obviously, you know, Dak, the unfortunate incident or uh, uh, injury that he suffered. And Zeke has just fallen off. You know, I don't know what's going on uh, with him. I, I might speculate, but I'm not going to do it right here. I know Miles wants to put it in the air. <laughs> no pun intended. I'm not the one putting it in the air. <laughs> no, pun in, no pun intended. <laughs> I think Zeke's the one putting it in right, the air. Right, right. So, you know, the NFC least is what it is. I, I get it. And it's not, not hard to be the best player in the NFC East or least. But my man is standing alone right now on top of the game. Here's, here's the difference between the two. Saquon is going to be dependent upon what his offensive line looks like. If his offensive line is trash, and I don't know if they are or they aren't going forward, are they going to build to make them a better football team up front to help Saquon? Or are they building this so that their young quarterback can develop? I don't know what their thought process is. It doesn't really matter with Chase, though. Chase can just go beat the, the, the offensive tackle and be the best player in the NFL, least, as we're calling it. So I think, I mean, I think it's easier for Chase with the talent level that he has, the drive that he has, the ability that he has. As long as he stays healthy, I think he can reign supreme for in this league for a number of years. I mean, people mention the name uh, – um, uh, Taylor, Lawrence Taylor, in the same breath with Chase Young as a rookie. Man, that's that's that that's a big hill to climb, but I do believe he can climb that hill. He has that kind of drive, he has that kind of athletic ability, he has that kind of will, he has that kind of to go back to what TJ said earlier, he has that kind of maturity as a 21, 22 year old kid. And I saw him, you know, as a high school football player, just want to be great. He loves – there's a difference between good football players and great football players, and, and more times than not, it's just that they love to be ballers. 
And that's what he is. He just loves football. And that, coupled with all the other things that I've already mentioned, will take him to a whole different level. Again, one that's not dependent on an offensive line being great or the scheme being great, because I don't give a crap about the scheme. He lines up against your left tackle or your right tackle. Can he beat him with his ability? He can do that. So that's where I'm standing on that one. It sounds like you're talking about Kevin Durant as well. I mean, he gave us a third quarter to remember on Christmas Day. Monica, I don't know what you what you got for Christmas, but for me, I got KD getting buckets against Celtics. I mean, people are like, oh, KD and Kyrie, can they coexist? I'm starting to feel like KD can exist with anybody and that we're lucky to have him. If it wasn't for LeBron James, we would have been talking all this time about KD being the best player of this generation. Um, do you think he can win the MVP this year? Do you think they can win a championship? What, what, are you, what have you seen from KD in Brooklyn? Small sample size so far, right? But they, I think, have lived up to everything that has been advertised. And I agree with you 100% of the two of them, Kyrie or KD, he's definitely the guy plug and play anywhere he could he's just going to come and ball and has such a high IQ and for the most part doesn't seem to be a rock the locker room type so um I the first game of the season even in preseason I was like wow like I really didn't fully grasp just how much I missed seeing Kevin Durant do what he does because he's that elite of a talent he definitely can be in contention for MVP for sure um in fact I don't know there's a world where you would say maybe Giannis doesn't pick up his second if KD is healthy last year, right? Um, I was asked to pick our finals, and I actually said Lakers Heat. I think I'm tripping. I think I really think. And the thing about Brooklyn is it's not just KD and Kyrie, but that whole second unit, if those guys really wanted to go out and secure their bag personally, like each one of them could start somewhere. Um, and so I think that part of the continuity, and I think about how this team became in a destination, although I didn't necessarily agree with Kyrie and KD allegedly having their hands in the pot that caused uh, Kenny Atkinson to move on. The second unit were Kenny Atkinson's guys. So they've grown up through that Brooklyn system. They've been guys that maybe weren't highly touted and it really worked to become what they are at present day. And so I think they bring a certain work pale mentality where Kyrie's going to have plenty of space to be a diva in his attitude and in his press conferences because the rest of those guys just aren't like that. And it's going to work. It looks really good. If I had to change up my picks right now and call it, I'm putting Brooklyn in the finals. They look really, really good. Knock on wood that they stay healthy. I don't know what you're going to do with Brooklyn. You know, it's crazy, Monica, when you mention those guys, it's like people because Brooklyn hasn't been really good. I mean, they've made the playoffs the last two years, but with like a sub 500 record, Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie have played at an all star level for short periods of time when they've been called upon. So it's like, oh, you all star caliber players. We're going to put you with the second unit. I think that's just crazy depth to have. I mean, what do you think about that, TJ? I mean, you know, you look at that team, as Monica said, they are very deep. Um, and they've got a lot of firepower. But here's the thing. When you talk about you guys, I'm answering some of the questions that you asked, Chris. You know, can they win a championship? I think they are they don't have an answer for what L.A. has. L.A. has depth of talent as well. But who, who is going to stop that monster that they have out there, A.D.? You know, who do they have that, that can tell so, CJ, I got to push you, though, because I push think, me, push I me. think DJ is uh, this so far this season. I'm like. I forgot DeAndre was still kind of good. And he's not going to need to score in bunches 
all he's going to have to do is be physical with AD. Now, is AD still a top-tier talent, and would that be an epic series? Yeah. So ultimately, you might be right. But I don't think it's as clear-cut as you're trying to make it in terms of AD not getting banged around a little bit. And Jared uh, Allen. I mean, Jared Allen's an elite defender that I'm like, did the world forget about him? Because to me, when I watched him play, you know, before DeAndre Jordan got there, I'm like, this is a defensive player of the year candidate that no one's talking about because the team's not good enough. They are two solid rim protectors. No two ways about it. But in this game, when you're able to step a a true stretch stretch four out like AD that brings DeAndre Jordan outside of his comfort level, he's not going to be able to defend AD out on the perimeter like that. He's long. He's athletic, but AD has more tricks in his bag. He's going to, they're going to spread the court, and you're going to have Allen off of somebody. There's going to be a breakdown somewhere. I do give them, uh, like I said, they have a lot of talent. But with regard to today's game and how L.A. will try to attack them, there's no two ways about it, the fact that they're going to be a disadvantage. They have the great equalizer in KD. We saw that in the third quarter. I don't know if you guys saw the interview that he did with, um, with Charles Barkley and the crew. And, and Charles asked KD a question like, looks like you're you know, doing this and you're getting your mind focused. And KD just gave him a one word answer like, I'm not messing with none of y'all this year. My sole focus is on turning this league upside down. And you can see his game is, is totally focused towards coming back and being the best player in this game. Yet and still, I will say they don't have enough to finish off what L.A. has in the, in the end of the game, at the end of the T- day. TJ, why you got to take a shot at Chuck, man? I thought it was a little, dis, you know, I thought it was a little, uh, little messed up for KD to come and check like that. He didn't ask a bad question. They just clowned, the, he just clowned him. Do the Chuck face. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood there. Uh, let's talk about another DeMatha cat, man. Markel Fultz got a, a three-year, $50 million extension. Congrats to him, uh, former number one overall pick. But when you look at the first two years of his career, and how that really didn't play out the way he thought it would or any of us thought it would. And to see him bounce back, I mean, he led the Orlando Magic in field goal percentage last year. It's something that, you know, has gotten a bit overlooked. And he started, I believe, every game. Like, this is for him to be that durable and to shoot that kind of percentage, and then for them to kind of say, hey, you're our starting point guard, keys to the kingdom. Uh, what do you think, Monica, uh, about Markel Fultz getting that three-year extension in Orlando saying, okay, we're going to see if you're our guy for the next three to four years? Good for him. I'll never begrudge athletes getting their money, especially guys you know that are our hometown guys. Um, I will say I think about the Chadwick Boseman clip in that terrific Google commercial that's running, and he talks about uh, really quickly let the – hurdles or the challenges along the way know that they're just shaping you for your ultimate um, journey or position. I, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and so that's what I think of when I think about those first two years for Kel. Like, that was crazy. That was something that I think we, had, we don't see very often in sports. And so credit to him for battling back, battling through it. And uh, maybe it's another example of the power of a change of scene. Um, but we've known because we watched his kids since high school and even before that in this area, like he brought a tenacity um, and a willingness to work, a work ethic to the space that can't be denied. It took a little longer. Um, but I think that's big of that uh, Orlando organization to see him as the guy moving forward. And as much as we've talked about free agency and stuff, I, I think guys, when guys see that there are pieces locked up, and not that Orlando is a destination per se, but I do think that it's more appealing when there's certainty, right? Um, when guys see other players that they want to play with, and who knows, Cal could be in that next wave once we get through these KD and Kyrie and all of that. Let, let's face it, 
you know, I'm happy for the young fella, turn his career around, you know, stuck with it, uh, should get a comeback player of the year, you know, not, not necessarily recognized by the league, but, you know, for those of us here in the D.C. area, we're obviously we're going to support him. But they throw that type of money out of him, considering what Chris talked about in his first two, three years in the league, you better sign that bag for the guarantee. You know what I mean? Because it might not come around, say for something happens. I've always felt like this kid, and I believe that the nerve issues in his arm and the shoulder, whatever the case may be, were real. But at some point in time, I felt like it was, uh, you know, a case of the yips, like they were talking about in golf. Charles Barkley, not to hit, not not to hit Charles Barkley again. I ain't. <laughs> but you know, the fact that this kid, I think mentally, he was just trying to get past whatever was, you know, ailing him. Um, and, and mentally challenging him with regard to his shot and things like that. He came back around. The situativeness happened for him. But absolutely he better sign that gig, I mean, that, uh, that deal to get that bag because, you know, that type of money doesn't happen every day despite whatever trajectory he's on. Yes, yeah, so certainly happy for Markel Fultz and happy for this uh, Washington basketball team. I find that people are saying that now that we have the Washington football team on the low uh, and seeing – Russell Westbrook dropped not just a triple-double, but he almost had it in the first quarter, had it after three quarters. First Wizards player to have a triple-double in the debut, uh, just the sixth player in NBA history to have a triple-double in his debut for his new team. He made Ben Simmons hit the ground with the little the stop and go. Um, but they still lost <laughs> because thank you. Beat, horsed thank them you. down low, man. I mean, so what do we think about these Wizards? Brad got his 30. Davis hit a number, I think three or four threes. Westbrook had a triple double and they took that L. Yeah, I mean, let me jump out there. Monica, please, do you want to do you want to tackle first? <laughs> you know, I said this before. I said I think they traded problems. Um, Westbrook could get a triple dub in his sleep. There's no no two ways about it. And he's such a dog that he can find a way to – he's going to get 10 dimes because he's going to give you the ball, you know, give you an opportunity to, to be successful. He's so lightning quick. You know, but, man, get us an L. I mean, get get us off the L's and get us a dub. That's what I'm really looking for. And I'm, I'm sure over the course of time, I'm sure it's real early in the season. But I'm not sold. I'm not – clearly we just talked about – Two of the best in the game in a, in a, in, a, uh, in the East uh, Eastern Division, and I'm not ready to sign off on is you know Westbrook and uh, and uh, shoot uh, shooting guard um, is he are they the top two in the East? No, KD. Wait. No, no, top two guards backcourt yeah. baby. Are you are you ready to say that better than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? But KD's a front court player. KD playing the plays. Is he is he back to the basket? It's who you guard, baby. It's who All you right. guard, right? What's going on, where, TJ? Where, where Look at Monica's face. Can where we get a Monica face? Okay, yeah, but, so, but you just said, TJ, in your argument for L.A., that the way that the NBA has evolved, you can't judge it by where you shoot the bar, ball. Chris's criteria is the criteria. He don't guard twos. Okay, okay. Everybody's shooting threes in this league. This is what I will say. Um... I don't think that it's an even swap. I think we got the better end of the deal, and it pains me to say that, mostly because we got to see what John looks like coming back from his injury. I loved John. I thought he was great for the city. I was sad to see him go. But I think we got the better end of the deal because I always think back to what Vic Oladipo said. 
in that Russ is the guy that taught him how to work and how to elevate his game. And for all the youth that the Wizards of Westbrook Way currently have on their roster, that's what they need. They need somebody that's going to set the tempo. And not that Brad isn't that guy, but I think to see it two times over, um, I just think that's that's. Wait, say that again. What you call him? The Wizards of Westbrook West. <laughs> Dino, you like that name, man? I, I, heard I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trademark that one if you don't mind. <laughs> you know, so here's the thing, TJ. When I look around the league and I, I see where the, the Wizards are right now, I think they've gotten to, to a place where they'll be a playoff team in the East. But I think that they could make one more move and be a championship-level team. I really do. And that What's that move? move? What is that move? And yeah, maybe I sound crazy, but I, I know John Collins is, is looking for that max and is unhappy and the Atlanta Hawks are listening. I think if, if you brought him here, this could be a team with if Brad is, you know, still giving you 30 a game, Westbrook's going to play at a triple-double MVP level. You bring in a young dog that plays above the rim shoot. He was shooting 50% for three uh, late last season and almost 60% from the field, getting you a 20-10 and 10 guy inside. I don't know, man. I think they can contend in the East. Maybe I sound crazy, but I do think that they could be that one move away. Monica, am I set tripping? I don't. I, you don't sound completely crazy because I think the East is probably more competitive than we've seen in a long time. And again, I keep going back to Rust in terms of his competitive edge and what he brings to the table. And much respect to Brad because Brad just wants an opportunity to win. I guess my only question to you, though, Chris, is what you're giving up to do that. Anything outside of uh, Russ and Brad? Anything. Any? Anything. <laughs> you can have the Rui. You see, I know they're not going to put Rui on the market. You can have Rui. You can have Denny. Those are re- – Denny Those are is legit. really good. Denny is Denny. really good. Rui, I'm not I'm not in on Rui. I'm just not. Uh, Troy Brown doesn't fit. Isak Bonga really does fit with this group. I would like to keep him, and I don't think teams even covet him at all. And whatever draft picks you want from there, that's what I would give up immediately. Is John a grinder, though? I don't know much about him. Yes. Yes. Now, I will say this. John Collins is a monster, is a dog. I've encountered him three times, and I've been utterly impressed. And I think if you put him and Westbrook on the same court, it's a, he was second in the league, he and Trey Young in alley-oops last year, and they played a limited amount of games together. I don't know. I think that's the missing piece with this uh, Wizards team is a monster like that that we have. I don't know if we've ever had that here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with Monica in the sense that I don't think that the Wizards have the, the requisite pieces to be able to trade to attract a guy like John Collins. I think Atlanta knows what they have in him. And they're going to demand a king's ransom to try to get, you know, something back for him. Wizards just don't have enough for that to happen. I like the, I like the thought. Um, I even look at that move, even if you were able to acquire him and still keep some solid pieces to shore up the second tier players. The East, I think now that everybody has run from the West to the East and try to build up the, the East uh, division. It's still tough to make them a championship team. I don't see them, you know, getting to, you know, an East Coast final uh, or even to the fight, you know, coming down to a final four in that East Coast division, even with John Collins. Yeah, I mean, people didn't think Miami was going to be there. They've represented the East in the finals. Hey, maybe I'm crazy. I think people slept on Miami. I had them as a sleeper when they went into the bubble early on because I thought that they could do nothing else. They could do one thing. They could shoot the piss out of the ball, and that's what they did very well. 
not only that, but it was the same formula we saw that bounced Milwaukee the year prior. So, I mean, yeah, Giannis is Giannis, but the formula is also still the formula. And, and, and as talented as Giannis is, they're very predictable. The teams have now figured them out with regard to clog up that middle and force them to, you know, get the ball out of Giannis's hand as he's less effective and they no longer are the powerhouse. And you saw what happened in the playoffs. They just basically fizzled out. Yeah, you got to have a 6'9", 6'10", athletic guy that can move with Giannis, i.e. the Celtics going to get Tristan Thompson to solve that, Bam Adebayo. And Miami just drafted Precious Achua, who should be a guy that can do that uh, in the future to take some of that off of uh, Bam as well. Moving on to Duke women's basketball opting out of the season. Monica, do you think this is a first that we're going to see more teams just saying, we can't do this this year, this doesn't make any sense? So this is actually not the first, and I wish I should pull it up, the specifics. My theory on seeing this is it's going to be one of two situations, a team that's terrible, organization or programs that are terrible, and it's actually costing us more to try to navigate this than it ever has, considering the uncertainty surrounding this year, or a team like Duke, who has the historic clout to pull it off, and nobody's going to bat an eye. Um, I don't know how often we'll see this. I think if you ask those girls, I'm sure that that was – lots of conversations with coach Lawson, her players, admin, so on and so forth before they came to this conclusion. But this is also very real. We all saw the situation with Keontae Johnson and as much as Florida is trying not to link, you can't help but link what happened to him to the virus. Mm -hmm. And then on the women's side, Vanderbilt, one of their student athletes is sitting out this year because she's really battled um, COVID and the after effects. Um, I actually applaud Kara Lawson a ton. In fact, when her counterpart on the men's side, Mike Krzyzewski said, what, three weeks ago now? Um, you know, should we be doing this? A lot of folks question whether that was disingenuous because his team wasn't necessarily performing well. I didn't take it as disingenuous, but what I did think is that if Mike was really about it, he needed to go ahead and do what we see what Kara is doing. He has the clout as an uh, organization to pull it off. And for you to say, I'm gonna send my guys home for Christmas, knowing the Pandora's box that that could open in terms of testing and you come home, get a couple positive steps, you gotta shut down for 10 days and hope that you can get back on track to compete again. You might as well go ahead and put your foot where or put your money where your mouth is. So I applaud Kara Lawson. Um, I do not expect them to be the last. I don't think that this is something that we're going to see widespread because it takes the support of so many to get the green light to do this. Unfortunately, the only way that I see it being forced upon folks is if we see more incidents where these kids' health is blatantly compromised and is no longer room to deny it. Yeah, I agree with um, with Monica. I don't, I don't think I've, I've long said I don't see this season. Uh, closing itself out, you know, in a regular fashion. Um, I think that we're going to have too many interruptions here um, during the course of the year that that it may cause us to shut down. Um, hopefully we don't have another Keontae Johnson situation, but I think the more opportunities that there are for interaction and things like that, uh, there may be. And, that, and what they're pointing to more, which is a, a more scary situation, is this is the after effects of having COVID. Um, which is, you know, you know, Kara Lawson taking a proactive approach towards doing this. Kudos to her. You feel sorry for the kids who may, this may be their last ride or if they get the opportunity to come back, great. But um, yeah, this season going as people anticipated and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be disheartening if we get to a point where we're forced to shut down because somebody got, you know, deathly ill or seriously hurt. Well, 
2021 has certainly lowered the expectations for all of us, uh, whether it's real life or, or in sports. Like Monica said at the top of this podcast, hopefully that means 2021 is going to exceed all expectations. And when we record our next pod, it's going to be all positive. Chase Young, Markel Fultz, Kevin Durant talk. Well, that, that'll do it for uh, this edition of the Step to the Mic podcast. That's TJ, Dino, Monica McNutt. I'm Chris Miles. And special shout out to Monica McNutt. All over the screens in New York City. I got people hitting me up like, yo, ain't this your home, girl? Yo, ain't this your peeps? Because, you know, I'm from New York. People like, yo. Don't you have a podcast with her? Like, yeah, yeah, that's my homie. Yeah, 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 man. Especially yeah, all of us experience. You know, we try to remain positive. You giving us something positive for 2021, Monica. Thanks, Chris. It's been a blast. Um, I now understand how many strays y'all catch, and it is it's quite something to deal with. But it's okay. I believe in a positive <laughs> a new change of regime. It's coming, I believe. It's <laughs> up with that Kyrie Irving uh, sage and start burning it around. Yeah, MSG in New York City. <laughs> Ky- Kyrie Irving sage, but none of that sage steel energy. We don't need that. Uh, Points. Uh, Points. I'm gonna leave that alone. Y'all know, but <laughs> y'all know way better than I do about that. Congratulations, Monica. Again, proud of you. Happy for Big you. Props, Monica. Big Continue props. to rep- represent the DMV for us. Keep doing thank your you, thing. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the support. It's, it's listen. Even on the show, they know who my home teams are and where I'm from. I'm just happy to serve a New York audience now. So it's been dope. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Shout out to Chris Miles doing this thing, NBA TV, still yeah. out there rocking and rolling, representing, doing his thing. So, you know, we got two superstar uh, hosts here, host and co-host, keeping <laughs> us straightened on, on, the, on the level. Uh, despite the New York bias, we, you know, we're still proud of it. <laughs> <laughs>